I believe that the growth in my head, this head, this one, right here, I think that it is not really a tumor, not an uncontrolled, undirected little bubbling pot of flesh, but that it is, in fact, a new organ, a new part of the brain. the bat i'm just gonna say if you haven't seen malignant and don't want to know what happens just like go go watch, watch it because we're immediately gonna start spoiling it um yeah but but what do you call it when you get real horny with your parasitic tumor twin i don't know a growth spurt <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome well to queer horror cult the uh terriblest podcast ever where we do gross body horror eatable jokes just because we can. <laughs> I'm Laurie. I'm Maria. And if you can guess, we're talking about sentient tumors today. Yeah. AKA, we don't know what to do this week, but we got to dash off an episode. Oh, we just watched Malignant, so we may as well pair it with that. And while we were watching Malignant, we're just like, oh, this has like this vibes and that vibes. Yeah. And then it was like, well, we already watched one of these three movies. Why don't we watch the other two and yeah, talk about them easy all? Easy enough. And then we also have a bonus movie that's unrelated, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll pin that at the end of the discussion. Um, hey, uh, James? James Wan? You good, man? You good? This movie was fucking weird, and uh, <laughs> not in, like, a... I think what made it so weird is that it was so mainstream while being so weird, yeah. and um, I'm still... The jury is out for me on whether it works or not. <laughs> Uh, I think it's fun. I think, yeah, I laughed <laughs> so a lot and all it. that. We can get into to yeah. stuff like that, too. But regardless of quality, I would much rather watch something that isn't an existing property and mm-hmm. just, like, goes for it. Like, even if the movie is an utter, complete failure, at least it would have swung for the fences. At least and, you tried. Yeah. That's so much better than the safe route. You yeah, know? you get the little you tried star with yeah. the, like, you know, comic sans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess it's, uh, depending on if you think it's successful or not, it's either the you tried sticker or Bart dumping the at least you tried cake into the garbage can. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with the sticker because I'm nice. Oh, that's sweet of you. So malignant. Yep, malignant. 2021. Yeah, we start out in some learning hospital psychiatric ward kind of thing which 100% looks like the house on it is just Hill, house like on from, Hill. from the, the 90s version yes yeah. it is literally just that like i was surprised that fanka jansen wasn't like the doctor jeffrey combs wasn't there well they lived in it after it was like decommissioned as a hospital oh, okay no they didn't gotcha. live in it they had a party in it no but, but you remember the little flashback at the end yes. when it shows the footage and they were there the entire time fair enough so also warning, we have just foiled House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Come on, every movie ends like that. That's true. Not every movie, but no, literally I, I can name several off the top of my head. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, hospital, it's very big and very doom looking. So you know shady shit's going down there. Yeah. And uh, the doctors are there. There is an event happening, mm-hmm. and uh, we're told a very there's that a little boy named Gabriel is being a very bad boy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I love this very bad boy cut to just like carnage. dead bodies and blood everywhere. It's like, oh, you you being a naughty one, eh? Yeah, yeah, a very naughty boy. Won't get no pudding. And then is that when they do the whole, like, it's time to remove the cancer? Of course, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, that's that. And we're in present day. I think that actually is, like, a good segue into one of the things that did bug me about the movie a little Mm. bit. You know, it's a a ridiculous premise, and it's clearly trying to go off of, like, Tales from the Crypt level. Totally. Just, like, a goofiness. But I, I felt 
the dialogue and the delivery of it oftentimes just didn't work for me mm. in that what made the movies it's trying to riff on so successful is that those movies were made in earnest. Yes. And they still, like, that's the result. But it's like, you, you can tell the passion went into those movies, and that's kind of what makes it so great. Mm-hmm. Whereas this just felt a little too sly winking at the camera with what they were yeah. doing, and especially in some of the line deliveries. Yeah. You could just tell that some of the actors saying things, they... They were committed to making sort of like a goofy look at those kind of things rather than like, this is the premise. I'm still I'm committed. I'm, still, I'm playing a doctor, for example, yeah. so I'm going to hit it as if I'm that doctor. Right. Like, this is real to my character, yes. 100%. There's no irony involved. Right. Uh, and I think that was the, like one of the first things that made me worried about this movie because it happens right in that first scene. And I was just like, uh oh, I hope this isn't the tone of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully, other people had more reined in performances. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we are uh, modern day, we modern day, contemporary, whatever, and uh, we have Madison. Yeah. Sorry, but there's some names to get mixed up. Yeah. Madison, um, she appears to be pregnant. She gets home, and her like deadbeat ass husband is what, like Derek or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we learn very quickly that he is he is not a very nice guy. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, you know, it first cuts to him watching wrestling. So I was like, oh, we're supposed to cheer for this guy. And then it's like, oh, you <laughs> like, pulled oh, the rug out on me. Shit. Damn it. Yeah. I thought he was watching it. Like, oh, was it wrestling? I, mean, I, I thought watching, he was wrestling. It was something that he was watching. And then he's like, hey, I was watching it. And she turns it yeah. off because she needs to sleep because she's pregnant. Yeah. And, and it's like, wow, you turning off the wrestling is why you've had so many miscarriages yeah. that are your fault. Stop not... killing my babies. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck you, I love man. how it's like, yeah, yeah, the, the uh, it's a you problem, but they're my babies. Yes. Like, that's 100% the energy this piece of shit comes with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, do you know how hard this is for me? It's like, oh, king, I can't imagine. And not to say that, like, miscarriage isn't hard on, like, all parents course, involved. Yeah. But, like, this whole, like, this is really hard for me, so, like, you should stop killing my babies. It's like, no, oh, yeah, it, it's, fuck it's yourself. The, um, it's the attitude completely. Yeah, yeah just completely myopic and, like, you were doing this to me, and it's, like, really hard yeah. on me. Have you have you considered that for me? Yeah. Because in his mind, he doesn't care about her. He just cares about how she's wronging him. Yes, exactly. Sort of. And uh, so she, you know stands up for herself a little bit and he gets mad and slams her into the wall fun yeah it's uh yeah. It, it's a it's a reinvention of the you know white boy punching a hole in the wall because instead yeah. he he makes a dent in the wall with his wife's skull yeah it's uh i didn't quite expect this movie to or not quite open but pretty early much scenes just veer into a domestic violent territory yeah. and it was like i remember a few times in this movie thinking like ah. Oh, Feminist King James Wan. <laughs> There's just, like, the odd comment about, like, there are things with, um, just, like, little, like, linguistic things I noticed as far as, like, uh, and I can't even remember them off the top of my head anymore, but thinking, like, oh, that that's that's language that's very much, like, respectful of, like, body bodily autonomy right. and, like, you know, like, talking, like, I think at one point they, like, make wrench into, like, a fetus as opposed to, like, a baby or an infant and, like, just little choices like that that are subtle but are, like, ah, good, uh, yes, good I for you. Yeah, um, so she, so Madison is, like, pr- understandably pretty distraught, probably worried about her pregnancy and mm-hmm. everything, uh, locks the dude out of the room, has a nap, wakes up, and uh, shit's going down. Yeah. And there's somebody in the house. Yeah. And so so it ends up happening that um, she finds her husband dead and horribly disfigured. Yeah. Like, yeah, like like a uh, like, you know tossed in the back of a garbage cr- truck with a few crunches, then thrown on the floor. Like uh, it makes you think of the the discovery of like Katie or whatever her name is in the ring, but right, like yeah. driven up to like ten, and that and that's like pretty in- yeah, intense except, reveal. Except, except like I'd say like a million percent less horrifying because that ring reveal was like seared on so many. Well, people's that's what I mean. Like that's why it kind of came into my mind. Yeah. Like maybe that desensitized, but it reminded me of that same like kind of like oh my god, that's hmm. intense, but like dialed up to like a million. Oh, interesting. In ter- interesting. Not not in terms of like the impact, but just in the like oh my god, he is like fucked up. Okay, because I think <laughs> I think my takeaway was good. <laughs> oh, same here. But I, I, was just... I went full come to daddy. It's like what happened to Gordon? Oh, he's dead. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was thinking more in terms of just, like, that's almost one of the places where it goes really extreme, where it's just like, oh, he is fucked up. Right, right. There's no question that he is dead. Like, his body is doing things that bodies are not meant to do. Yeah. 
and uh, Madison get. I think she gets like tossed or she, she ends up like, you know, impact on the ground kind of thing, blacks out, wakes up in hospital. Uh, she has miscarried, unfortunately. Her sister's there, like, gives her the news. And um, they, so they're like, okay. So and then the police are investigating. They're like, okay, so this must have been like an intruder, but there's no sign of forced entry. So like, it must have been somebody they knew what's going on here. And so as this is being investigated, um, more murders are happening. Mm-hmm. And it turns out as they're happening, Madison can like see them taking place. Yeah. Like her reality is sort of transformed and she's like transported into like yeah. the murder as it's happening. And so, yeah, you have this sort of like, she's implicated because she can like name the, you know, who's going to be killed or who is, who is dead and sees it happening and stuff. And it's like, well, there was no forced entry. Like, so she's implicated in it, but is like, no, it's not her. It's somebody else. It's this creepy guy. Yeah. It's because we, we see him at some points and he's kind of like, like if the Baba Duke was John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, th- I think that, that my summary of this movie is like, oh, cool. Basket case by way of John Wick. Yeah. And, um, but, but like more fucked up, like the, the Babadook has like very good posture compared to this guy. And dresses. Well, I was supposed to say dress, but I was like, nah, he's got like the jello gloves. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. I he's got like, the big it's, long jacket. That was a beef that, that I, that I had was, uh, hearing about how much it was jello inspired and all mm-hmm. that stuff where it's like, yeah, it's got some fun lights and, and the, the outfit gloves. has a look. Um, I suppose you can make an argument for the the brief, like, sort of 20 minutes of the movie that actually is a whodunit mystery. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so it's just, like, we can we can just not <laughs> do that, but, but hey, whatever. Yeah. And so it turns out that the killer is very specifically targeting certain people. Mm-hmm. And some of them we recognize from the very opening scene ta- talking about how Gabriel's a bad boy and needs to be and the cancer needs yeah. to be excised or whatever and some of them were like who the hell is this guy I thought they were all in the opening scene but I guess I don't remember No yeah. when, when the So I know the the, the lady the, the lady the, working the, the in the underground yeah, tour Yeah like I know that Oh, okay, I see. Because we were, like, we were I, like, who the fuck's this woman? I thought you meant, like, of the doctors. I oh, thought, yeah, no, I the doctors. saw them all. Yeah, 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 no, the doctors were there. But then there's, like, this woman, he's like, I've been waiting for this. And it's like, who the fuck is this? It's funny because I kind of... Like, we kind of assume, we're like, okay, I, we can probably figure well, out who this off, is. It's like, you know, I was just like, so did the movie jump ahead 20 years? Because that is clearly Madison. But then it's just like, oh, okay, so it's just, you know, haircuts are genetic. Got it. <laughs> Well, yeah, because that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why is all these, like, brunettes with with uh, bangs? Yeah. And so the, yeah, race against the clock to, can we save these people? Yeah. Can we figure out who the killer is? Blah, 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 blah. Well. Yes. Turns out <laughs> that um, this kid in the psych ward that is related to Gabriel but is not Gabriel is Madison, originally Emily. Yeah. Because she reveals that she was adopted and she had a parasitic twin growing right. out of her brain. And uh, tail is old as time. Right. And I mean, okay, I've seen, cause I mean, you have the, what are they? Tetromas? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Those, those are the tumors that can grow um, like this. Cause you know how like a uh, cancer cells, they can be any kind of cell, yeah. right? These are tumors that they can grow. Like teeth and teeth, hair. eyes and stuff like yeah, that. Like bones. more complicated kind of things. Yes. And so you'll see, see like, um, I think I've like when I was ages ago researching what these were, you know, it's just like, here's a picture of someone's biopsy. And it's just like, well, I'm not eating lunch, but <laughs> yeah. it's just like, oh, cool. It looks like a mouth with a bunch of hair and an eye in it. That, yeah. that rules. <laughs> and then I, when I was a lot, like as a teenager, I saw there was one of those like, you know, medical shows or whatever. Yeah. And they were, they was talking about parasitic twins. And I, right. I just remember seeing, cause they had this little like toddler kid and she, there was another head attached to her head yeah. and the head obviously like was not sentient did not have like did not have any sort of like it was not a person yeah but it was it was a human head and it would open its eyes and yeah. open its mouth and it had like the sort of like re- it was very very like uncanny and creepy yeah. and but it was mostly about like yeah you know they like we could attempt to remove this but they share a blood supply they share a brain it could kill the kid and yeah. I don't remember what happened, but yeah, just seeing it was this like, yeah, uncanny is kind of the best word I can think for it, even right. though it, because it's like, it's part of a human, yeah. but it's not like a person, but it looks like a person and it's, 
yeah, it's it's kind of freaky. Yeah. So, uh, Emily Madison had one of those. Yeah. And but rather than it being you know a largely benign-ish thing, it could like communicate with her, and she called yeah. it the devil because right. he told her to do terrible things, and he had all these murderous impulses, and he was just a he was a very naughty boy. Yeah, because um, to get rid of it and why she doesn't know anymore. Um, well, why she doesn't know, perhaps selective amnesia yes. and all that. Uh, but they amputate most of it. And then in the uh, medical move of the century, just the shot, I was like, and what we can't get rid of, we'll just boop, pop it right back <laughs> into that open skull. It's you know, fine. We'll, we'll just push it back into your scusi and that'll be where it lives. <laughs> I think we both make comments like that. You went with, I think you went with Scosia with like craniosy. And when don't we make those comments these days? It's become a curse. It's actually very depressing. Yeah, it is. Which is why that, that tweet recently that was like, it's your fault I read this the way I did. And it was talking about the citrusy taste, but it looked like it said citrusy. And we we're all I, like, what's I that? I couldn't figure out what they were trying to say for the longest time. <laughs> You know, citrusy. Like, citrusy is the thing in my head, but I've never seen that written. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, it's, like, it's not a real word. It's like, so you're like, citrusy? See, in my mind, I was like, okay, it can't be citrusy as, <laughs> as the goof. But I was trying to think, it's like, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is this a portmanteau of? Like, yeah, citrus and what? Yeah. Citrus and pussy? Like, is it actually that thing and that's what it tastes like? She's so acidic. <laughs> Burn my lips off. <laughs> um, yeah. Give me canker sores. And the reveal of the the the, the monster was kind of I, I just I don't know I love the part when she just her head splits open yeah. and uh, who's it Zoe Bell is just yeah. like what the fuck yeah because she's getting her shit kicked out of her oh, in prison. I just love Zoe Bell as the like nasty creeper like <laughs> kind of like sex pesty like mullet Canadian tuxedo lesbian in prison yes. it's like. Oh, this is wrong in so many ways, but I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> like, I feel seen in a way that yeah. does not actually represent me, but kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it turns out what happened is, um, you know, Madison's been living a pretty normal life as an adult yeah. um, and stuff because when she was, yeah, like when she got adopted, um, Gabriel was still like telling her shit, but when her baby sister was born, mm -hmm. she didn't need Gabriel anymore. She had a real sibling, so Gabriel just kind of, like, ceased to exist. Yes, But then right. when Emily... Sorry, when Madison, when her husband smashed her head into the wall, I guess that was enough to jostle what was left yeah. of Gabriel that all of a sudden he was awoken. Yeah, because um, any time after a murder would happen, uh, she, her head's the bleeding. back of her head was bleeding. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was like, damn, she should get that checked out. But yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> I would be alarmed, I'm just saying. So, uh, yeah, so, and then we get our reveal. Gabriel is kind of, like, you know, taking the reins and is going full John Wick. But, yeah. like, walking around like a weird guy. Like a weird guy. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. And super fun and super goofy. Yeah. But also super bloody. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, That's kind of how it ends, isn't yeah, it? We, yeah, I, well, we, we, get a, we get a nice sort of, like empowerment i am yeah. i am taking control of myself autonomy and just fuck like you, fuck you you're gonna live in my mind yeah you're, gonna live, yeah you're gonna live in my memory palace now I, I i hope you you really enjoy all the like bad harlequin romance novels i've read <laughs> just don't just you know clean up after yourself in there yes <laughs> yeah uh oh i guess the one other detail that happened is or i guess two other de details that were germane is the lady on the tour was the, was, the was the birth mother, yes. Um, and that kind of plays into the final uh, confrontation. Yes. Uh, but also the miscarriages were caused by... Yes, that's that's one of the things that makes men... Or it's assumed they're yes. caused. That's not actually That could have just proven. been her sister hyping yeah, her up. Yeah, she could have just been like... Exactly. Yeah, just be like, like, okay, I'm about to die. Hey, Madison, guess what? But... I mean, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pro Gabriel sucks. I, I assume that's what that was intended to be. Yes. But, but also, it was. Uh, it does beg the question of... Well, I guess I said he was there gain gaining power, but if it mm -hmm. wasn't until the head hit that awoken mm. him, how did she have, like, three miscarriages well, maybe that he were had enough by him? Power, like, he was getting the power, and then when, it, when the head was hit, and he had enough to, to awaken. Gotcha. I don't know. Because, yeah, literally, it could just be your sister, like... 
you know, pissing her, like, 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 like in, in, like, uh, that running joke with, like, every anime everywhere that they're, like, the, the hero's being defeated until someone's like, your friends suck, and he's like, no, friendship is the best thing ever, and then has, like, all the power and can just, like, kick the shit out of the bad guy. I am not well-versed enough in anime to, to confirm or deny that, so I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not either, it's just, but I do totally remember that from, like, what I saw as a kid. Yeah. Fair That's enough. totally how it went. So I, I'm not surprised that it, that, you know, some genre convention is yeah. just, they're classics for a reason. Yeah. And um, with the big climax, the police station massacre and all that, mm-hmm. uh, I liked it conceptually more than I liked the execution. Yeah. Because I, it went a little too action movie right. for me. Like straight up John Wick. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. exactly. Like we're saying, like honestly, I think I, I mentioned this, John Wick 4 should end with... Keanu Reeves killing the last fucking guy and then he just says my work there is done and his head recedes into the back of a skull and then it's it's Bill from Bill and Ted he turns around and he's just like whoa what happened man where am I <laughs> yeah that's the ending that's how it goes um I don't know it, it was a little too far into the action movie compared to the tone of the rest sure. for my tastes yeah. but you know hey whatever um I'm still you know it's just he said fuck 12 and like that <laughs> That works in the context of this movie. Yeah, for this movie, I feel like I was just along for the ride. Yeah. And it was fun, so I'm Like I'm, I said, the I'm stakes satisfied. were actually pretty low going <laughs> into were. it, so I think that's why I was just like, yeah, cool, it did what it okay. did, you know? Okay, that was silly and fun. Yeah, but I'm going to be so bummed if they decide to try and franchise this, though. Right. Because, you know, even part of the sell was him straight up being like, it's not based on any properties, yeah. it's just its own movie, and it's like bring back not having cinematic universes. <laughs> yeah, until we end up with Annabelle versus Gabriel or some shit. <laughs> the only crossover I'll accept is... Um, Jigsaw versus Gabriel? No, I was going to say if I can team up with Frank Henenlotter, but let him direct it yes, and write it. Yes, and, and do like a basket case Okay, deal. Gabriel yeah, sorry, Gabriel Belial. versus Belial. That yeah, was it. I'd watch that. That's the one. But, but I would watch it if it was uh, Henenlotter running the show. Yes. Because, uh, you know, not, not throwing shade at one, but it's just like... Stay in your lane. Hannah Lauder is a guy who <laughs> yeah. has, he has a particular set of skills. Yeah. And he knows how to this use them. This is a them. case of, we have a guy for that. Yeah. So make use of him. Uh, interestingly enough, at least to me was, um, I knew the, the plot twist. Yeah, before I saw this yeah. Because, you know, I follow people on Twitter and it seems that most people on Twitter will go see a movie and then just reveal the whole thing. Yeah. And they're like, 30 seconds game. after. <laughs> And it's like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, hey, it's your Twitter. You can do what you want. I can just, like, not follow it. But it's just like... Yeah, like, this is my diary. It's your fault for reading it. That would have been kind of cool to see fresh. But I will say, um, there are so many hints of what Mm -hmm. is going to happen throughout the entire movie. Like, it's... I almost wondered if it was obvious. Because I I can't say, because I know what it is, right? But, like... um, when he's running around all janky killing people, knowing what the twist is, it was so clearly someone backwards. Right. It was, it was, that's all I could see, right? Uh, yeah. Especially, they kind of obscured it with edits and stuff early on, but by the time Gabriel was straddling the dude in the bed and right. stabbing him in the face a bunch, it was someone sitting backwards. It was just someone that doing was, reverse uh, cowgirl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Someone in uh, goblin mode. <laughs> good God. Uh, but you said you just thought it was a guy, uh, just a weird little guy. I thought it was just a fucked up guy. <laughs> just a fucked up guy. But it's like, no, it's clearly a backwards boy. Yeah, no, because I, I I thought that was just like, oh, they're making him look fucked up to make him creepy. And I that might have actually been a, a, a good meta moment, too, because in the 2000s, there were so many movies where it's like, hey, let's film the ghost and then reverse the footage, like, you know, Black Lodge style, just to make yeah. them look a little weird. Or yeah. we'll film them in slow motion and put them... I think they them... did that in the Pulse remake, I remember yeah, seeing... Yeah, I think they did that in Gothica. I think oh, they did yeah. that in a bunch of shit. Um, but yeah, they, they would do that kind of thing. And so this sort of felt like an extension of that, and I wonder if that actually helped obscure yeah. uh, the reveal for people who didn't know what was right, coming. Right, because you think it's just a fucked up guy. Just a fucked up guy. <laughs> yeah. That was that movie. Um, I guess since we like to do deeper themes, or like deeper readings based on our theme, what do you think this movie is saying about malignancy on society? <laughs> um, that the call is coming from within the house? I like it. Perhaps we are all a little... <laughs> Perhaps we all have little, little fucked up guy twins. <laughs> living in our brains. <laughs> yeah. One thing that's really good about this movie, I guess, is it's basically like, what if David Cronenberg invented Waluigi? 
Like, that's what this movie is. And it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, it's like everyone's got a Wario and they'll pop out of your skull if you fuck around and find out. <laughs> Although she didn't fuck around. Her shitty husband fucked around. That's and true. Then and then he out. found out. He met her brother. Cool. That's malignant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's that. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, it was mindless. I'd revisit re- sometime yeah. at some point to see the, all the hints I missed. Yeah, I have a friend who who wants to do that too. So yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, as far as like modern horror movies, that there is a very decisive split, I think, in opinion on it. I will take this any day of the week over Halloween Kills. Yeah. Any day of the week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so up next, the dark half. I was going to try and come up with a segue, but it's like, fuck it. The Dark Half, Stephen King story, uh, directed by George A. Romero. Literally the same concept of, at least the base concept <laughs> like of, kinda, yeah. you have a parasitic twin that's kind of a teratoma like growing a in, your brain, in your brain, so we'll excise what we can, and then you will have weird thoughts. But, <laughs> but then before goes, we do, you hear birds. Yeah, burped. But then it goes full on... Um, any because the guy's a writer so it's like mm-hmm. yeah of course Stephen King wrote this so of course the guy's gonna be a writer um as most horror authors have a writer and then with any horror story about a writer the the book is coming to life well because <laughs> you know? I mean the author the writer he has he has an alter ego yeah I will say they do it in an interesting they way do, in yes one. yeah so what was the guy the normal guy's name Thad Thad yeah Thaddeus right I was just like Oh man, that I can, Beaumont. I, with that kind of name, I can hear fucking Dixie on the wind. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, hello. Um, so Thad is this author who's like writing, and he's his like a teacher, masterpiece. A yeah, he's professor. a writing teacher. Yeah, he's writing his masterpiece. Um, and while he's doing this, or what he thinks will be his masterpiece, his agents fucking love it and all that. Uh, this little slimy dude who's actually lizard from the hills of eyes remake <laughs> comes in and he just like threatens the shit out of him like hey i know you're really george stark who is this author of really pulpy trashy novels that make bank and he has a bit of a reputation as being a bad boy he, yeah. he did a stint in jail he's yeah. from the south he drives a car that says fuck you like yeah. he's he's a, he's a he's a kind of guy yeah and uh Thad is very much not that guy. Exactly, yes. Um, and this being blackmailed about it, because the guy's just like, hey, how much is it worth to you to, to not have me leak this information? Yeah, because if I reveal that Stark is just some guy, just then, some guy. like, yeah. the mystique's going to be gone, you really think you're going to sell any more books? Like, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. being in a little shit. So he actually does probably one of the smarter moves I've seen in a horror movie in a minute, in that he's just like, uh, well, actually, because uh, his wife comes up with a suggestion, because, you know... His agents are cool with it. It's just like, how about you just reveal it? Because, I mean, your new book is going to sell bangers anyway. Like, if you don't want to do this anymore, just don't do it. Yeah, just get in front of the story and, and be yeah. the one to drop it. Yeah, and so he does a, an article... A little photo shoot. Yeah, a little photo shoot with a really weird guy who's just like into teddy bear funerals and stuff. And it's just like... <laughs> and has a has a gravestone to... Mr. Stark. Yeah, I'm surprised that dude wasn't one of the apostles in uh, Dirty Shame with his weird, <laughs> like, his weird funeral kink. Um, yeah, but yeah, they do the photo shoot with uh, the, the fake tombstone for this fictional character. But then, lo and behold, by doing this, George Stark comes to life and crawls out of the grave, essentially, and is going on a killing spree? Yeah. And he... It, the one thing I wasn't quite clear on was he goes after everyone in the know. So he goes after the photographer. He goes after the, the agents. agents. He goes after the guy who did the blackmailing and all that. Was that specifically to try and bury the secret? Because I thought it was out by then. Like, I think you know? it was more because he, I remember at some point he's, he's like on the phone with that or whatever. And was like, I've been doing you a favor, man. Like these guys right. have been like, you know, keeping you down right because like, i know he's had annoyances yeah. with like either just minor annoyances like with the photographer guy it's just like i don't want to write for your fucked up kink book please stop <laughs> um and then the blackmailer guy he straight up is just like i'm gonna cut your dick off and make you eat it george stark style yes. i mean if i was george stark yeah yeah which i'm not yeah. but if i was yeah it's just like you know 
Yeah, uh, no. If I did it, I didn't do it, but if I did it. The impression I got was George seemed to think he was doing that a favor and was yeah. like, I'm getting you out from under these guys' thumbs. While also doing himself a favor. Of course. At the same time. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, that's what he played yeah. it off as. He's like, You've been under these guys' thumbs and yeah. like now you're free and you should be thanking me really for like leaving your fingerprints all over these these crime scenes. Yeah. And implicating you in these murders. <laughs> yeah. And um given that this is a Romero movie and Tom Savini was involved, I believe, on the effects work. I'd be surprised if um, it wasn't. It's you know, the murder scenes are, are pretty hardcore. You can definitely tell that this is one of those movies where it's like we have to get an R rating yes. at most. <laughs> like, uh, because, for example, the fact that they didn't show the dude choking to death on his own severed dick kind of bumps nice Like, you need to get mad foxes with it or, like, the dojo attacks the Nazi graveyard and they got, like, the, the Fuhrer of the weird biker Nazis and they, like, pull his dick out. It's like, what should we do? And then this, like, mafia guy who's just there is just like, cut it off! So they fucking cut his dick off and choke him to death with it and you get to see it all in really low budget. Like, this movie cost, like, $200 in a case of cores to make glory, you know? Sign me the fuck up. Oh, it rules. This movie's so good. Um, but, you know, it's implied and mm-hmm. even though... You're just like, what, is that his tongue? I was like, oh, his tongue's sticking out. You're like, no, that's his dick. dick. And I was like, oh. Uh, but thankfully, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, shows up to explain in graphic detail what happened. And it's yes. like, thank you, Henry. Also, it's cool to see him in this. Um, as the cop who definitely is like, ah, he's my people, so I know he couldn't have done it. Ah, uh, yes, he's a, he's a respected white man, so yeah. it can't be him, even though his fingerprints are literally at the yeah. scene. Yeah, it, literally his fingerprints are all <laughs> over the place. Uh, but basically, he... he re- um, Thad realizes that George Stark is trying to take over his life, essentially. And I don't even think Stark realizes that yet, because they both seem to mutually come to the realization that something cosmic bigger than them is happening. And only and one of them Only one of them will be gonna, left. Yes. Yeah. This is when this movie kind of gets fucking weird <laughs> as shit, because it ends with um, George having abducted his family. Like Thad's his kids. family. Yeah, Thad's yeah. family. George uh, wouldn't have family. Well, if George wins, they'll then be he his will. family. Yes. Um, and he's got the kids like held at like gunpoint, and which are like little toddlers. Little toddlers, and I just love how you could tell there was no danger whatsoever on the set, where it's just like as guns are going off, like just missing the the toddler's face by inches, it just starts laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. As they're they're having like a write off kind of thing. It's like they decide like we're gonna settle this with some nano or something, and we're just gonna fucking see who can belt out the best we're, shit. We're gonna do some like double went down to Georgia fiddle battle, but like but, uh, with our pens. With our pens, yeah, and their or and pencils, yes. Yeah. And they're having this little writing challenge kind of thing. <laughs> as um, you know, by this point, George's face is like falling off. He's got like mo- he looks like Dark Man. He's got his head held together with gauze bandages because he looks like Dark Man at this point. <laughs> And, uh, he starts writing, like, like, uh, Dad, well, Dad, like, goes to him and is like, why don't you write a word? Yeah. Let's hear you write. He's like, I'm afraid. He says, yeah, no, he, he had this moment of, like, vulnerability. I'm yeah. like, is he fucking with Thad? Because he does not seem like the kind of guy that would admit, like, I'm scared yeah. right now, bro. Yeah, and, uh, that, that's where you could tell that this is based on a book, 100% <laughs> where an author is just like, there is nothing more fearsome than my pen. <laughs> and, um... Well, in, in, uh, George's case, it's a pencil. Yes. He writes with pencils. Yes. Yeah, he starts writing. George starts writing, and, uh, he's actually good at it, at least by his own estimation. We don't see the, what he's writing. We don't I mean, he's it. a bestseller, so yeah. it stands to reason that he at least writes yeah. what people like. Yeah, but as he's doing that, um... Thad starts, Thad starts melting. Up. Yeah, yeah, he starts melting a little bit, and he realizes he's got to do something. So he like goes for the gun, and this is when he, for you know, he's just like the whole time he's trying to get him at ease so he can go for the gun. I actually love the build up where he does that for like five fucking minutes. Then he goes for the gun, and George is already there to stop him. He's like, "Did you forget that we share a brain?" <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh right, yeah," because in these movies, psych tumors that come to life are all psychic. Yes, it's a fact. It's how it works. It's a, it's one hundred percent medically accurate. Yes. Um. And if, like, the, the cowardly medical establishment would actually, like, you know, swallow their pride and look into it, they would see that it is true. Yeah. It's just too much for them to handle. Yeah. But anyway, so they start fighting. But uh, Thad has the upper hand because he hears the birds. 
Yes, the birds that George decidedly doesn't hear. Yeah, George's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, that always heals, hears birds when George is doing something fucked up. Yeah. And uh, it's because the sparrows are coming, which yes. George writes on the wall, I guess, in blood. But, but then, then George's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. He's like, what are birds? <laughs> yeah. um, and we learn because he has this weird, like, hippie lady friend who's just like, oh, yeah, sparrows are, are harbingers of death that carry your soul to the other side. It's a Greek thing. And it's like, okay, cool, I guess. Uh, so we get, like... The, it feels like this movie is just leading up to a set piece that's fantastic, in which all these birds come through the walls, and neither of them know exactly who's going to lose, who's going to go, but the birds just, like, peck. The uh, shit yeah, they out just of George. Peck George to well, he's already death. rotting, so they're just like, yeah. oh, we're going to scavenge. But it's great because there's all these, like, little cutting shots of just, like, sparrows living in his rib cage, just <laughs> eating his guts and just, like, pecking his eyes out and stuff. And then it turns into full-on Mortal Kombat fatality when they fly <laughs> out the window and their rib cage goes, <laughs> spinning out the window after it like a top. And then there's this shot where they look up as all the birds are flying into this net. I guess hell is a nebula above Earth or something, and these birds are like, yes, we're cosmic now. <laughs> and they're flying into a different time stream. So it fucking goes places. It and does. that's where this felt so typically Stephen King to me in that the movie makes so much sense. At least in its own internal logic, yes. there are gaps and stuff, but, you know, I'm not going to fault a movie that's two hours for missing stuff from sure. a novel. yeah. Anyway, but then there's always a turn that's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is just what it is. It's like, all right, cool, fine, I'll, I'll accept like it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the dark half goes, you know, it's just like a psychosomatic tumor twin that is just like, I'm going to kill people that I think you should think sucks. And then we're going to, I think devil went down to Georgia writing champion (laughs) is great. Um, I think this one hits a lot harder than malignant into the notion of the alter ego. So maybe this really is the sort of like Mario Wario dichotomy, uh, where, sorry, you saying that makes me think of tragedy girls. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, because uh, unlike Malignant, which kind of plays with the am I doing it the whole time, it's like, no, this is actually a distinct person. You just share a body and a brain. This is more like a super, because there, there's a bit of a supernatural element of like. This is more existential. Yes. Sure. But, but in terms of like, well, he exists because you wanted him to and you like willed him to believe, yeah. like you believed him into existence. Yeah. It's it's almost evoking the notion of like topic thought forms and, and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's just like, I've conjured a guy with basically. Yeah, I've this made mo- up a this guy. This movie is, I made up a gay little guy with problems. The movie. <laughs> made up a guy to get mad rules. at. Yeah. You made up a guy to get mad at. That That's the dark half. <laughs> You know, like, this walks so so many stupid Twitter memes could run. <laughs> um, it sounds like I'm kind of bagging on the ramshackleness of this movie. I remember before we started watching it. You I was warned like, me that it I was, sucked. I, I warned you that it sucked because I remembered it sucking because I had seen it, I don't fucking know how long ago. I remember the first time I saw it was on video, uh, rented from the video store, thought it sucked. And then because at the time it came out on DVD, I had a job and was brain poisoned with having a job that I would buy everything that came out. It's I like, remember. <laughs> it's like, oh, Dark Half came out. I better buy it. And it's just like, but you don't like this movie. It's like, well, I bought it. But I'm glad I did because I actually liked it this time. I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was fun. Yeah, because one of the first things you're like, well, that was better than I remember. And I was like, yeah, yeah I was going to say that was like fine. Yeah, I was going to say that sucked. Yeah, I don't know why. It's no I, Halloween kills. I, I think maybe it's because it is a clip over two hours long, just Mm. a bit, and it's very slow and meticulous in its pacing. Not that, like, it drags, but I think maybe I thought it dragged back in the day. It wasn't firing on the the level that I was hoping it would. Yeah. Part of that is I rented it because I had this book about special effects, and they had, Mm. like, a two-page spread detailing the Sparrow scene. So, So I think part of it is I rented it. You know, that's what sold my ticket. That's like those old exploitation trailers where... You know, the trailer shows the only good 30 seconds in the entire movie. And then it's like, oh, this is an hour and a half of... Well, actually, those movies, this is 72 minutes of other crap. And then this. um, Whereas this was like Birdemic Wishes. Yeah, Birdemic Hoops. I liked it. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was good. Kind of gave me a bit of Phenomena vibes, but not Mm. that hard with um, Jennifer Connelly being able to control the insects. That's sort of what it felt like that could do with the sparrows. Right. Plus they did the same sort of like rotoscope effect of this weird, (laughs) it looks like TV static, but like playing at like 10 frames a second over the whole screen. It's like, okay, that's a bird flock. I'll buy it. Yeah, sure. Why (laughs) not? Better than I could do. I mean, I guess there is like crossover as well in the whole like the the good guy having to figure out how to like 
try like you know gain regain autonomy over yeah. like their body and their being and their self and assert it over this yes. malignancy if you will and i suppose there's also crossover in that they have to solve the mystery, the mystery because they are the suspect yes they are the because prime suspect in both movies it leads to like you're going away because there's no one else that could be doing this. Exactly. Um, and you're, you're just making up a guy to try and tell us yeah, somebody exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with this one, it's just like your fingerprints were at the crime Yeah, like scene. your physicality is literally yeah. there. I love how the fucking George Stark guy, they just got the actor who played Thaddeus, did some, like, halfway between that fucking weird lazy town guy <laughs> and, like, one of those Primus cowboy puppets. <laughs> And they made him, they dressed him up to look like the greasiest lounge singer in Vegas. It's just like, man, you look busted, but also I'm not letting you near my drinks. Yeah. You got that energy. (laughs) So that's kind of how this movie plays with it. Yes. And that's not an insult. No. That's actually. That's a very accurate. I love that that aspect of it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that was good. I'm glad glad that I came around on this one Mm because I thought it was fun. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't touch on, like, the classic levels of George Romero, but what the fuck does? Well, exactly, Most right? directors don't touch on that level, right? Yeah, even yeah. George Romero himself sometimes. Yeah, yeah but, but who cares? That's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. And so our final movie, well, final in quotes, I don't know if we should recap it too much because we've already covered it on the podcast. Yeah. But maybe let's talk about it in terms of this specific aspect because we were yes. we were going on a more like on the aspect of twins specifically last time we covered we it uh so i guess what would your like two or three sentence encapsulation of the plot be a basket case oh, sorry i didn't say the fucking title yet basket case kind of lauder green day's basket case <laughs> <laughs> um guy moves to new york i'm sorry did green day do basket case Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I fucked that up. Oh, well, anyway. I was on Team MCR, not Green Day, so I wouldn't know. Ugh, I wasn't on Team either, because I was on Team Having Taste. Well, I was on Team I'm 12 years old, so, like, give me a break. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basket case. Yeah, guy moves to New York with a weird basket. Yeah. And uh, is, it turns out, his parasitic twin brother, who was removed from his side, somehow has stayed alive. And yep. they communicate psychically, and he, he's helping his brother out by, like, bringing him to, like, murder the doctors that separated him from... Which are, and they're actually vets. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot that. I always <laughs> forget that detail, where it's just, like, the one guy's the doctor. Like, yes. the first... The guy's frantically on the phone yes. or something, because it's like, yeah, that's the doctor who put them in touch with two veterinarians, mm-hmm. where it's just like, no no real doctor will touch this. This guy's like, oh, yeah, I do dog surgery all the time. This is basically this that. It's basically <laughs> the same thing. It's fine. This is basically, like, neutering your dog. Yeah. And so in this case, we have the, like, pretty evil. He's literally named after a demon. Yeah, Belial. Belial. Of course, that's also because the dad was a shithead. Where yeah. it's just like, look at this deformed pile. I, I don't like this because I'm a piece of shit. So, uh, fuck you. This one's Belial. And he's ruining my son. <laughs> yes. And so Belial is, you know, they're not attached to the brain. And he's not a brain tumor. He's growing out of the, the dude's side. Do you remember what the dude's name is? Dwayne. Dwayne, that's right. Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. <laughs> So, yeah, Dwayne is human, but Belial is gross and yes. an abomination. Yeah. He looks like... Um, Much like Gabriel. He looks like... Like, if you took, like, the face of a candle and stuck it on some silly putty that rolled under the couch. And, like, melted it a bit. Yeah. And then it grew hands. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Belial... I mean, it's great. I Belial's love a the fucking puppet in this. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, they were separated at some point in their childhood, and Belial was thrown out in the trash... Yeah, thrown right thrown in, the in the trash. But they still can, like, psychically talk and, with each other, so... And they use that to go around getting revenge on the people that yeah. split them. And so the interesting thing about this one is that... So, sorry, what I was going into was, like yeah. the others, like Gabriel, like uh, George Stark... Yeah. Belial's, like, an evil little guy. He's like, an evil little guy. He's pretty, he's pretty nasty. But you could say that society made him this yeah, way that's a little true. better than the other guys. And he's just, like, born evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because, um... But even though he's evil, Dwayne is like, oh, this is my brother. Like, yeah. we're besties, and I'm I'm here for him. Yeah. And then Belial, you know, gets a little jealous that, like, Dwayne is, like, 
you know, ooh, love interest, there's a girl, and so Blonde yeah. goes and fucks it up, and... And then commits sex crimes yes. against his girlfriend, and that part was by far the most unsettling thing of any of the movies we watched. Yeah! It's just like, bro... And I think that's, you know, the, the Hen and Lauder charm, in yes. the sense that Hen and Lauder, he, he said himself, he doesn't really think of himself as a horror director so much as an exploitation director. Fair. And he, I think he rightly points out there is a difference. There's The Venn yes. diagram overlaps in many ways, sure. but there is a difference. Absolutely. And uh, that comes through so much in just like the, the weird Frankenstein roars that Belial does when he's just like floating around having the room. Having a bit. Yeah, he's just pissed. having a moment. Just like grabbing onto people's faces and biting them, uh, go, turning into claymation and throwing drawers around the room. Yes. Yeah. Just, just yeah, having a time. Yeah. He gets real angry. And uh, I would say what's interesting about this one compared to the other two is, um, well, the first one with Malignant is she's able to overpower him and it's like, you will always be a part of me. Yes. But, but I've I'm... got control and I will be ready for next time. Exactly. And then There's a master either. In Dark Half, he's able to vanquish, to him. vanquish him and presumably his his life will go ahead as normal. He yes. does he does point to things where he says, like, George Stark is me and I'm George Stark because I created him. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's that's an interesting but it's one of those, like, in. I brought you into this world and I yeah. can take you out just as easily. Exactly. You, you could call it someone battling their own demons, yes. basically. Um, and, and winning. So. Yeah. But th- those are two victories. In Basket Case, because he cannot uh, separate himself from his brother, they go down together like a they sinking do. ship. They do, yes. They destroy each other. Yes. And that is uh, definitely a different moment mm-hmm. from the other two movies. And that, that final moment is fantastic, where little Belial just, like, takes Dwayne up by his dick and balls and just holds him. And that's like, oh, you had a rig? Like one of those evil dead floating guy rigs? That's great. <laughs> that rules. And then uh, they beef it out the window and he's just hanging off of the hotel sign. Yeah, and everyone's like, what's going on? Sir, are you okay? Yeah, and... and looks like uh, he's fucking dying. Lyle chokes him to death. Yeah. and then But can't hold on because he's got one hand. Yeah, when um, Dwayne has been supporting his brother this whole time, when Belial's just like, fuck you, it's my turn to shine, he fucks it up, and it's like, I can't support my brother. I guess, you know, being evil has its consequences. I suppose it does. And they both fall oh, no, to their I fucking death. Oh, no, I found out. Yeah. Yeah, they fall to their death knowing very well that there are sequels to this movie. <laughs> there, there weren't when this came out, <laughs> of, of course. course. But, uh, yeah. It just so happens that, I mean, evil finds a way. Evil finds a way, yeah. Yeah. And, um... And I, I, I guess if you look in terms of, like... Because you're right, that is a really interesting difference. Yeah. Um And I doubt that... Not to, like, take credit away from Hen and Lauder, but I doubt it was this deep. But I'm thinking... I mean, it could have just been, like, an influence that, like, you don't even realize because it's consciously there. But it makes me think back to, like, learning about, like, you know, the way that Shakespeare was allowed to write about, like, you know, evil people was that they got what their comeuppance at the end. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that was sort of conscious in some regards, even if, or, like, maybe not conscious, but subconscious in being more specific to to cinema, because, Mm -hmm. like, under the Hayes Code and then all the stuff that came after that, because he would have grown up during that and seeing how the exploitation movies came out of that. Yeah. Um, That was one of the rules, is evil could not triumph. Exactly. And even though Dwayne wasn't evil, like, Belial was the evil part of him, at the Mm -hmm. same time, he was, like, going along with, he's like, oh, no, like... He was out of love, he but was it was, complicit in but the, he was in complicit, the exactly. Like, you know, Whereas I, Madison and uh, Thad were both like, "No, I'm sep- like this is not okay. I'm not endorsing yeah. this, and I'm going to fight it." Whereas Dwayne only started fighting it when it was like, "Oh, you, you fucked up the only girl that ever like ever yeah. kissed me and cared." But like, it was, it was only yeah, it it was too late at that point. Yeah. and but, so the whole thing too is like I think it definitely cinematically. Um, He's righteous in his revenge in the sense that that people um, shit on him and and ruin everything. Yes. Uh, So you could do that meme of the two muscle hands, like, grabbing, and it's one says Dwayne, one says Thana, and over the hands it says, did nothing wrong. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a, like hurt people hurt yeah. people kind of story <laughs> yeah and uh i think it's an interesting comment on dependency codependency, yeah. that kind of thing oh absolutely um, so i think that sort of edges this out a bit this is different from the other two as well in that it's not a, a brain tumor that has psychic powers it's a side tumor that has like yeah powers. and do they call them a tumor i think they might like like 
evoke that kind of imagery in just like talking about how disgusting he is. Yeah, they're like tumor derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, but he's treated like one, yes. and the creature design, is, he, he's a gross. He's this huge fucking yes. gross. And they he's point that out, boy. that they don't share any organs or yeah. anything like that. He he literally is a growth. Yeah, like, it was like, yeah, I guess it would have been using the same blood supply and stuff, but otherwise yeah. was benign, but then was also, like, sentient. Yeah. And so it, freaked people out. Yeah, and I think the uh, hunting the doctors aspect is the first thing that popped out in my mind when... Uh, with Malignant. Because yeah. that's kind of the start again. We'd watched Malignant, and yeah. they were like, shit, we need to do another episode. And it's like, uh, we don't have a lot of time to get stuff watched for it, so let's just riff on that. Yeah, because as we were watching Malignant, we are like, oh, Basket Case vibes. Yeah. And then you were like, exactly. oh, Dark Half vibes. Yeah. So we're like, well, there's an episode. Yeah. But yeah, the whole, like, okay, we're going to get revenge on the, the doctors who have treated us wrongly. Yes. It was, uh, I love it. I love Basket Case. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, I always kind of flip cycle through, but I can probably firmly say it's my favorite Hannon Lauder. I've got a soft spot for brain damage. That was the that was my entry point to his movies. Right. And I don't even remember what that's about. Yeah. It's the one with the worm that's got a British accent oh. on his the back of his head and it just keeps him high all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Frankenhooker like oh, what's yeah, not to love course. about Frankenhooker. What about bad biology? Oh I stand bad biology. Fuck the haters. Bad <laughs> biology is great because it's so fucking it's so crass. <laughs> yeah. Um, that has been on various episode lists as something we could do. That was yes. actually, uh, I can't even remember. We might mention in the episode, my memory's shit. Um, but that was an alternative possibility on last episode. Yeah. You know, fucked up love. That's that movie. We'll get to it eventually. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- those are the three tumor movies. Uh, but when we were watching Basket Case, I was... As I often do, I loaded up IMDb and I was just looking through the people on it, and I noticed that Dwayne, the guy who played Dwayne, hasn't been in a ton of movies. He started doing more recently again, as there was that sort of thing where people kind of dropped off, like big horror actors dropped off, sort of early nineties, right? And then when in had the kids and shit. ten thousand, the two thousands, yeah, the ten thousands because they're time lords. <laughs> in the two thousands and twenty tens, they kind of get this revival as like sort of the nostalgia for that era of of like. The golden era of right, of like Barbara horror. Crampton's in like everything now. I love it. I'm love so, oh yeah, love I don't it. Think, love that for her, especially for her. I don't think she really went away That's as true. much as some other people did. But yeah, she, like the she revi- didn't disappear. Yeah, the revival she's having, but she's in lots of stuff. And is I, making great. me so happy. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so Dwayne hadn't been in much. Uh, I had seen everything he'd been. It was the Basket Case movies, except there was another movie on there that preceded Basket <laughs> Case called Slash of the Knife. I never fucking heard of this movie, so I clicked through. And it's a Frank Hennenlotter movie that he made, like, a decade before Basket Case with the most batshit premise ever. And I'm like, we what have to... What is the premise, Laurie? Well, I was going to say, we have to watch it sometime. Yes. It was on the Blu-ray. It so sure we was. watched it immediately. And the Blu-ray was already in the player. Yeah. So we might as well press a couple buttons. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did. <laughs> Me um, too. Anyone who knows Hennenlotter knows he is a huge archivist and lover of exploitation and weird film from that era. Like, he... he something weird video. You mm-hmm. know, wouldn't be doing the the wonderful uh i don't know if it i guess now he's doing more restoration stuff teaming up with things but a lot of it was just archivist where it's like i need to get something out of this before it falls into the dustbin of history and that included a ton of social hygiene films they are films from sort of the 20s through to the beginning of the 60s almost that it's uh they were fake documentaries they were purported to be real, and they'd have a scientist, who was usually an actor, yes. uh, doing a narration. It'd be about some issue to do with social ills. Like, yes. Reefer Madness is probably the most famous one. Of course. Or uh, Mom and Dad, which is the one that they have a live birth in it. Yes. Uh, That's right. But it's also a thinly veiled excuse. It's like, we can show naked people. Yes. If it's... It's medically If it sound, has scientific merit, and it we has can show And it has moral merit. Yeah, that, that was exactly, it was basically a workaround more often than not. And by that, I mean like pretty much every single case that I can think of. These were exploitation movies. Yes. All the way through. It's just, they took this framework because it's how they could get away with it. Yeah. And, but they were also moralizing. Like we're showing you this so that you don't yeah. become a degenerate like the people were showing. Exactly. Like Reefer Madness, don't smoke weed or you'll become like a Satan what worshiping murderer. What about those like murderer. lesbian ones we watched for? Yeah, we, yeah right. Earlier on this show, like yeah. years ago, we, we did uh, those like... Daughters of Lesbos or whatever, and Chained yeah. Girls and all that. Sure. Infamously, there's Doris Wishman's Let Me Die a Woman, which is all about, like, trans... Of course. Transition, gender transition. And yeah. its hook was 
they show the surgery yes and it's like let's pop that in which all brings us back to hen and lauder (laughs) where he made a parody of these it's a half hour long nails the aesthetic so well perfect and the premise the social ill is it's looking at the curse of people in society who are tragically uncircumcised (laughs) and that's that's the like men like cis men specifically yes yes we're we're talking in the terms of like the north american context of circumcision as a routine procedure done on uh on cis boy babies cis boy babies yeah cis boy yeah, it's fucking well, hilarious. It's so fucking funny because they show, they talk about people who aren't circumcised as being like these low life degenerates. And like the We're guy, just... the guy who's doing the whole narration, his name is Dr. P. Smegma. <laughs> and he's like proletizing why, why um, circumcision is affordable and cheap and the only way forward. And you can do it as an adult to unruin your life. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the the study, it sh- uh, the focus, the guy that this movie focuses on, it shows his dad uh, <laughs> at the hospital and it's just like... Uh, What's this $3 charge? Yeah, yeah it's like it's the like, bill. Well, it's that's... like $3. It's like, that's the circumcision. It's like, no, I'm not paying for He's that. Like, I didn't ask for that. Sew it back on. Oh, that's like, yeah, they're like, we already did it. Sew it back on. I'm not paying for it. And so this guy wake, grows up with this Franken dick that's like stitched together. and But it's a normal <laughs> case of an uncircumcised man. Yeah, okay, my, my favorite thing, and I think we both cackled at this, is he's hooking up with this uh, with his like high school sweetheart in the back of a car and shot from the outside where it's just like, okay, just don't look at it. And then it's she like, goes, whatever you say, baby. And it's like, oh my God. Seconds later, she just leans on the window and throws up all down the side <laughs> of the fucking car. And like, there's... There's one point where they get someone in to examine his dick, and they undo his fly and reach in and just pull out a pile of spaghetti meatballs, and it's just like, look at this mess. What even is this? And like, it's so ridiculous. It hurts. It's so ridiculous, and they're like, oh, if he, if he, you know, had an adult circumcision, it would be easy. You could do it on your lunch break. And, and like, it's painless. There's this clip of this. I'm like, doctor. that's not what I've heard from adults, too, but okay. Yeah, but there's this, this doctor sitting in a chair, and this like. It's like an nurse. assembly line. And there's just all these du- business dudes, and they just open their coat like a weird flasher. And goes, wee, wee, just throws the force on the ground. The guy, like, shakes the doctor's hand and, and like, goes And, like, walk, goes, goes back to work. And that's, like, how they say how easy it is. Meanwhile, our poor case study who couldn't do it, he's about to get a back alley circumcision. And uh, the guy comes over, and they're looking at this catalog of what they can do to his dick, like, put speed holes in it and stuff like that. Like, what kind of model would you like? They're asking his wife, yeah. who's horrified and will not touch him. And she's like, you've ruined me. Yeah. Um... Yeah, to the point where she keeps, like, a mousetrap in her pants to, like, when he reaches for it, just, like, Looney Tunes style, pull his hands out with a mousetrap on it. But as this is happening, the the dude with the dick is just, like, he... It, his brain is rotting. Yeah, like... Like, his body is... A bunch like... of tentacles and mushrooms superimposed, like, grow out of his pants and murder people. Yes. And it turns into, like, it this horrible monster movie. Yeah. you will. And they're like, what a sad case. Now we're going to show you genuine footage of a circumcision. <laughs> completely uncut. Completely, completely... 100% medically accurate, accurate. legitimate. And, and you should watch this. You need to see this. And my favorite part was you pause and you're like, do we do it? And I was like, yeah, I can look away. I, w- I thought it could go either it direction. Really I honestly thought it could go real. either direction. Because it would be very exploitative yeah. to show a real Yeah. One. And of course, when it cuts to... Immediately, it's this very bad puppet of a baby being pulled out. It is pulled out of the mama's vagina. And, you know, this is great. They're they're espousing how good circumcision is for society and how easy it is. And it's so quick and it's so painless. Yeah, so when they show the genuine one, the doctor comes in with a fucking chainsaw (laughs) and just goes to town on the baby with a chainsaw to do this. And it's just so crass. It's just the tip. It's fine. Like, I I couldn't breathe by the end of this (laughs) fucking movie. fucking stupid it's so funny it's so crass and um yeah there's a debate a constant debate going on about uh circumcision in north american society you mm-hmm. see that with uh the the like sort of like intactivists yeah that's what they call themselves yeah okay um oh yeah or or you know there is the uh the question of faith comes into it as it yep. is a religious practice in, yep. in context as well um, or and I've seen, like, arguments on both sides where I've yeah. seen, like, I remember seeing um, some Jewish people saying, like, well, you know, we don't, like, sacrifice animals anymore as part of ritual, and that's okay. Yeah, why, so, why this? Yeah, why Why are we stick, why, why are, there's some other things that we've held on to that, like, hey, maybe we should, and yeah. I, and as somebody who is not part of that faith, I, you know, I, I'm just repeating what 
yeah. arguments that I have heard from as within. Non, as a non-faith haver and a non-penis yeah. haver. I, I have no skin in the game, yeah. literally or figuratively. Yeah. So, like, I will stay in my lane. Yeah. But, but yeah, that just to, to say that, like, there are definitely, like, debates so, yeah, there, there within is a debate both going. faith-informed and then also just, like, yeah. you know out of faith like in like medical people are like and, well hygiene yeah. versus like well we have running water so yeah and uh you also get like um the the side where it's people who have silent hill fan sites and they write conspiracy theories about how silent hill is actually about the evils of circumcision you just see it in the monster design oh. and their website is just reams and reams and reams of like illuminati-esque like the evils of circumcision and I don't remember the name of it, but this is a real thing, and oh, I you should you. look it up. This is, like, is, too, too weird It to is fake. a journey. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the reason I bring all that up is yes. I think this movie isn't politizing anything. No, you know, I think it's, it's just being silly for the sake of... pointing out the... I think, I think it's one of those things where it's not being pro or anti, because, no. you know, it, the whole thing is, like, this scapegoating of how gross circumcision is. But or it's not being so circumcised. ridiculously over the top yeah. that you're like, okay, is this just, yeah. like, making fun of the whole, like... It's holding a mirror to society. Yeah. But then when they show the real circumcision at the end, they make it look horrendous, too. Yes, exactly. And so I think it's... You could easily just sum this up by saying this movie's not that deep. It really yeah. isn't. Yeah, but no, part, it's fun. yeah, watching it, part of me, I was kind of like, oh, I like almost kind of feel bad <laughs> for how much it's ragging on like people who are with penises who have not been circumcised. So I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, it was so over the top. And I'm like, okay, they, if someone saw this, they'd probably be laughing their ass off as opposed to being like, wow, this makes me feel like my body is disgusting and horrible. Like, be like, no, this is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, if. Um... It's a subject that's extremely sensitive yeah, to you. Maybe, uh, maybe avoid it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's something you can laugh about. Um, it's worth a watch. It's yeah. goofy as hell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's really, it's, it's not deep. There is no depth yeah. to this whatsoever. Yeah. It is just schlock. It, I love it, though. Yes. yes. It, it was, it was, it was funny. Yeah. So, it was fun. So, yeah, that's a uh, little bonus movie that we watched. <laughs> Uh, while watching these. And, and I mean, I guess you could say it kind of fits in, because although it wasn't, like, you know, a tumor or whatever, it was still, like, a part of the body that... Excision of the flesh. That had... Yeah. And, and the part... The body, it had a mind of its own. and It like, did in this, yeah. Yes, and it was, like, you know, implicating the guy himself in, some, you know, being... Okay, um, <laughs> we're going to come back to this. We're going to put a pin in and we're going to come back to this with um, a dissertation on this, because I think <laughs> I think there's, there's there, you know, like, there's also the... Uh, violence inherent in the excision that they're trying to say this is normal and yeah. good good point and uh it's what shown... gets coded as violence yeah exactly ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. so this movie is that deep ooh. okay <laughs> yeah withdrawn all right well that's it for this week <laughs> recommendation time uh, well i think as far as topics go this one we really kind of lost the plot <laughs> but i'm okay with it sometimes I feel like you... the movies themselves lost the plot sometimes you just have to get weird with it yeah weird and silly but yeah recommendation time uh, my recommendation is the sequel to Basket Case, Basket Case 2 from 1990. Yeah, thank you. It's funny because I couldn't think of one. You're like, what about Basket Case 2? And it's like, wait, you've never seen it, but I have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to recommend it. it but... It is so fun. It is nice. so good. We need to watch it sometime. It's Deal. great. It's uh, basically, the, it's asking the, the major question of what if Dwayne and Belial like, survived and they get sent to like a halfway house but more like a boarding house like a care home for freaks and the people in society hate these people and you get great character designs they almost are like touching into that like alex winters freaked territory a little bit before that came out okay and it's you know it's uh weirdo rights is basically what the movie is saying (laughs) and i I really like it i can get behind that yeah what about yourself um so without giving too much away, I guess I will just name it and say, watch it and make of it what you will. If you've seen it, you're welcome to agree or disagree. Orphan from 2009. Right. Yeah. It's funny because you didn't, you were uh, trepidatious about saying the title in front of me because you're like, you said you might have been spoiled. And so I was trying to think, and I was like, when was it from? You're like, uh, the 2000s. I was like, late like, 2000s. And I'm like, you're like, okay, you're I like, think I know what you're talking about. You're like, about. it's Orphan, isn't it? I was like, yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I can think of two movies where it's like, yeah, I had the, the big reveal. That's kind of the point. Uh, mm. Spoiled for me. It was Orphan and Malignant. So, yeah, Got there it. you go. Yeah. Cool. I still haven't seen it. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's probably been 
I saw it, I think, I think like, I saw have, it on DVD, but it was shortly have after it came out. Because, yeah. uh, one of those rescued from Dollarama. Something like, yeah. yeah. Like, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, whoa, like, I didn't see that coming. So, like, I remember enjoying it. And yeah. it's been probably the better part of 10 years since I've yeah, seen I'll it. Yeah, I'll watch so. it sometime. Yeah, I'd rewatch it. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us once again. Yes, thank um, you. We hope you enjoy our, our weird, weird takes on weird, weird movies. And, uh, shit, we're like four episodes away from the big 100. Oh, yeah. Yeah, started at the bottom, now we're here. That's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, well, thanks again. Yes. And um, you may not be able to take it easy or keep it sleazy with your psychosomatic twin, but maybe, you know, if you listen to them, it'll get real sleazy, and you'll just liberate yourself. Perfect. Nailed it. right here, always a lump. Then I start the menopause and the lump got bigger from the hormones, it started to grow. So I go to the doctor and he did the bio, the, 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 bios, the, the biopsy. And inside the lump, he found teeth and a spinal column. Yes, inside the lump, was my twin.